Need your Minnesota United soccer fix? We've got it for you here. It's Loon Talk on Score North. Welcome into another episode of Loon Talk. Jonathan Harrison here, joined once again by trusty voice of the loons, Dan Terhar. Dan, how are we doing today, sir, on this actually gorgeous day in Minnesota? It's the uh, first full day of spring today. There you go. Gotta love that. And uh, also joined by AJ Fredrickson. AJ, how are we doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, like you mentioned, the sun is out. It's the first uh, day of spring. It's uh, We're getting closer to the time of the year that I feel like maybe Loons fans can maybe go to Allianz Field and not have a parka. So <laughs> that's that's going to uh, get a lot better, especially, you know, no, nothing better than grabbing the brew hall when you're actually sweating and not freezing. Like the beer is a liquid when you get back to the seat. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's always good to have that. Uh, boys, we've got plenty to talk about on this week's Loon Talk, but before we get to any of that, uh, do some house cleaning as usual. Uh, you can find Loon Talk wherever you find your podcast. We do greatly appreciate that you have found us and chose to listen to us for some reason, discuss Minnesota United and everything that happens to them as well as the league. Do give us a rating, a review, and a subscription. It does help us get found more and also tell your friends and family and everybody you love about it because that's what good people do, right? All right, so let's jump into it. Loons 2, Colorado 1, their first win in Colorado in eight attempts. Dan, uh, AJ, just general thoughts of a 2-1 win on Saturday. We'll start with Dan. I, I don't see why it took this long to get a win in Colorado. I'll never understand some of those things that happen in sports um because there's much tougher places to play than Colorado. I maybe the altitude plays into it a little more than some places, but uh it was a good it was a good opportunity to do that. Stadium was only half full. It was cold. Um not cold by Minnesota standards, but cold by Colorado standards for this time of year. So they uh they just went in and got the job done. When I saw the lineup AJ, I thought to myself, Hmm. Okay. This might be pushing it a little bit. It's only the third match of the year, but, uh, he, th- Adrian, he threw out the lineup out there. That was uh, a little surprising in, in some ways, but you know what? They got it done. And I thought they played a pretty, pretty solid 90 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did too. Um, I had faith in the team being able to get all three points coming in here, despite the history of playing in Colorado. And what the biggest thing for me that, is a takeaway is just the fact that they were able to respond after going down. Um, You go down one nil quick goal out of the half. And you're like, Oh, this is exactly what you didn't want. We've seen this team at times um, over the past couple seasons, like they get down. It's just like, well, floodgates open. We might have, you know, a two nil score, three nil score now, depending on because Colorado just has to lock it down at that point. Um, But they came back out. They uh, win a penalty. And then uh, amazing free kick header uh, for the winner by Tapias later on. The fact that this team was able to respond like that and the immediate impact you saw from Luis Amaria coming off the bench out of the second half. Um, granted, you know, he kind of gets something put on a silver platter, but that's what you need at times to really get that monkey off your back and get back into the swing of things. So um, in terms of the energy and what they emotional, you know, intangible side of things told me it was a very positive game. There was at times 
Colorado, I thought could have probably had more than just the one that they eventually got through 90 minutes. So um, they were able to hold them off and fend them off. And, you know, you come home with three points and it maybe wasn't the, the prettiest of performances at times, but it doesn't really matter because they were able to get it done at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. And Dan, you mentioned the lineup that uh, Adrian Heath put out there. He did say in the pre-match interview with us that a lot of that was based on what he's going to have to do this upcoming weekend, where he's going to have, uh, he's going to be missing seven players, six starters. We'll get to that in a little bit. I'm still trying to calm down from the ridiculousness of that. Uh, it's just insane that this team will be without six, <laughs> six of their 11 starters for one game. But again, we'll get to that in a Isn't second. that crazy? Underneath. So, yeah changing up the lineup a little bit. Uh, I liked what we saw. I mean, I would have wanted a little bit more out of Yosef Rosales at that left wing spot, but I thought it was interesting that when the substitutes came on, you saw Franco Fragapani come on. We'll get to the goals in a little bit. I just kind of want to talk about the lineup and how Adrian Heath used the squad. Uh, But when you saw Franco Fragapani come on, you would have assumed, and we assumed it on the broadcast, that Yosef Rosales would have popped back into the midfield and Franco would have taken his normal spot on the left wing. But no, it was Robin Lode popping back into the midfield and Franco taking over as that number 10 role behind Luis Amaria, who, who had come on at halftime. I thought that was a very interesting twist from Adrian Heath. It's a spot that I don't think we've seen Franco play in his time in Minnesota, but he contributed. He, him and Yosef Rosales paired up well, and uh, and Bongi paired up well with Franco as well. And Bongi had himself a heck of a night. But I kind of want to talk about the the Franco uh, twist, I guess, Ch- playing him in a position that he hadn't played before. I, I, I liked it. I, I, I want to see more of it. I guess I shouldn't say I liked it. I, I, I'd like to see more of it. Um, and we probably will that uh, the longer it goes without Emmanuel Reynoso, um, he's got energy. He's got quickness. Is he a, you know, we, he could take set pieces. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think that's a terrible fit. Does he have the touch, the uh, distribution ability of, of probably Emmanuel Reynoso? No, but who does? I mean, not too many people do. So I, I don't know, AJ, what do you think? You want to see more of that? I wouldn't mind it. Um, putting him in that position was a little uncalled. I, I, and I say uncalled for just because I don't have the right word on the top of my head at the moment, but I, I it was unexpected. It was unexpected. I, and I was a little surprised at well, how well he kind of meshed in there and just, you know, you, you talk about just picking up a ball and running with it. That's what he did. Um, and it wasn't like you were playing this guy in, you know, you didn't drop him in the middle of nowhere where he doesn't want to speak the language. He, he fit in relatively well. And I was a little shocked by just how well he slotted into that piece. Yeah, it, it fit well in the minutes that they asked him to play. Another guy who fit well in the minutes that they asked him to play in, in the entire 90, and who's had himself a great start to the season, Bonghukle Hongwane, he was easily the player of the match on Saturday night. Uh, his dribbling, the, the the stuff he was doing, the the tricks and the twists and the turns, it was what he was doing on the ball was something that we haven't seen from him, and that is a very promising development from that young man, if he's able to start doing that in just year two as a loon and feel that comfortable in this league already, that gives me a lot of excitement for what he can kind of grow into because he's got all the talents, all the abilities to do to become one of the top wingers, I would think, in this league. And he's already showing it this early on in his MLS career. That's exciting. Yeah, after just a uh, you know small sample size of three matches this year, 
his improvement from last season, which was fine, you know, what he did last season, but his step up that we've seen so far through three matches has been, you mentioned his showing his skill and his, his ball handling ability, but I'm impressed with his physical play, how that has skyrocketed compared to what we saw last year. And that's probably due to uh, increased level of confidence. He's comfortable now with the league, with his team, with himself in this league. And it shows, it absolutely shows. Yeah, um, I, last year, just kind of the what we saw of him, it was a lot of his game centered around just run faster than the opposition, and hopefully that works for you. This year, you're getting a more complete package. Like you're, you're still utilizing that speed, but also he's he's scaling it up a little bit. You know, he's he's playing a little more flashy of a game, and something that caters around him, as Dan mentioned, it's the confidence. I, I imagine the confidence factor of just being here in the MLS now a little bit longer. He's gotten more used to it. He He's maybe more used to the system that MNUFC wants to run. And maybe they have more faith in saying, hey, we're going to just feed you the ball and kind of let you work and do your thing. If you mess up, that's fine. If you if you get away, give it away a couple times, that's fine because we have faith that you're eventually going to win that battle and create a scoring chance more often than not for us. So we'll, we'll, we have confidence putting our eggs in your basket. Yeah, he's, he's doing, he's using that speed. He's using his, physicality more this year and he's getting inside he's cutting inside which we didn't see a whole lot of last year yeah last year as you said it was just basically run to the end line and get there faster than the next guy but now when he's on the ball he's doing a lot more cutting inside and it's giving defenders a lot more to think about when they're trying to guard when they're trying to defend him and that is very exciting to see from that young man another guy who continues to impress us we'll get to uh the bigger uh, news in that starting lineup in a little bit, but I want to talk about Miguel Tapia's player. He was on named as the team of the week or in the team of the week as a starter this week uh, for his play scored his first goal for loons and for loons. And man, what a header that he had <laughs> just impressive with his back to the net and able to curl it around William Yarrow for the game winning goal, but gets his first goal and plays another stout defensive performance for the loons this week. Yeah, if he if he didn't score a goal all year, I think we'd all be real happy with him as an acquisition. <laughs> but now in week three, he scores a goal, and and I, I've played some soccer. That is a hard that is a hard situation to be in. Back to the goal. This ball's coming in. If you get too much of it, it's obviously uh, you're you're going to take it off the frame. Um, if you don't get enough, it doesn't do anything. Uh, that's a, that's a, uh, experienced veteran play to be able to get just enough touch on that, to get it over the uh, defense and out of the reach of the goaltender. So I love goals like that. They are, uh, they show such a high level of skill and, and understanding of the game. So yeah, him scoring goals is just a bonus. Yeah. I didn't know he had that, that trick in his bag. I mean, that was, mm-hmm. that was really impressive. I had that as my, as my goal of the week until Jonathan texted me like later that night. Did you see the, the Almada goal? Cause that was yeah. game, like, so I mean, it's yeah. tough to that freaking that, goal but, was insane. Um, but yeah, like dance, I mean, if he's going to do that every once in a while, that's just a bonus on the top of the defensive play that we saw him do because he was kind of a rock on that kind of left center back. You had Kamar Lawrence almost overlapping on that left back. He almost at times looked like a left wing back. Um, like drifting up offensively and getting up into that deeper left channel. But uh, he, he locked things down when he didn't need to over there, assisting in Kamar Lawrence's uh, maybe at times lack of defensive positioning. And that's not a, a knock just because I'm not saying that he played poorly, just more the fact that like where he was roaming to at times needed um, a little more support. And it was nice that Tapia was able to recognize that in only three games in, 
it's looking like that's a natural instinct for him, which is very reassuring to the identity that this team wants to play. When you can have a guy like that on that left center back position, just so calm, collected, he's going to recognize, all right, our play shifts here. Our formation kind of alters this way. I need to drop into this position to, you know, have, have the back of, of uh, Kamar Lawrence. Great job. Um, And if he's going to supply a little offense here and there, you know, it's signing of the summer. Yeah, I, I, I only have one, only one, one complaint that I've heard about Tapias, and that came from from someone else that lives in this house. Okay, she, she thinks he needs work on his hair. Dude. <laughs> That's the only complaint I've heard. What's wrong with the What's wrong with the guy's hair? I don't think there's anything wrong with his hair. I think we might have lost Dan. I don't know. His internet's being weird tonight. Uh, right or but- wrong. I'm not saying she's right or wrong. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with his hair. Uh, I, I like what he's done in that backfield. Yeah, I, I would agree with everything you said. Just his ability to pick up where there may be some defensive frailties from either side, either guy on on each side of him because we know Boxel will get forward sometimes. We know Kamar Lawrence is obviously going to get forward because that's how Adrian Heath wants his fullbacks to play. But it just seems so comfortable, so natural for him just to slot in already three games in. He seems seems like one of the stalwart defensive players in this team already, and that is a very good sign considering there was a lot of questions at that position heading into the offseason because of the injury to Bakai Debasi and just the general age of this group or of that center back group heading heading into this season. So, I, I am a huge fan of that signing. Another guy I am a huge fan of because he just impresses every time he gets on the field, no matter what the Loons try to do to replace him, is DJ Taylor. He had the unenviable task of trying to shut down Michael Barrios, and Barrios is a bonafide Loon killer. He just he destroys his team every time he plays Minnesota United, whether it was back in his FC Dallas days or over the last couple of years of Colorado. He has done such a good job of being such a dangerous threat for the opposing team against Minnesota. He's found their number. And this last week, he was pretty much shut down besides the assist on the on the goal uh, by Cole Bassett. But that wasn't really that much of an assist because it was just a cross that kind of went nowhere. No one was on the other side of it. And Bassett just scores out of nowhere. But Barrios was really shut down to the point where they switched him sides. They got him away from DJ Taylor because Taylor was doing such an effective job shutting him down. And that is impressive to see from that kid who had basically seen his role taken away from him last year by Alan Benitez. And then he got it back because Benitez couldn't play defense. And then he had his role taken away at the beginning of this season by MLS veteran right back, Zarek Valentin, who's played pretty well through those first two games. And then DJ Taylor comes in, in the replace or in the substitute or the replacement role. Cause Valentin got a break this week. And Taylor's like, this is my spot. Don't <laughs> stop hiring people to take me out of the year. Cause this is my job. This is my position on this field. Don't take it away from me. I, I love this kid's mentality and what he brings to the team every week that he gets on the field. He and, uh, he and Hassani Dotson should be, uh, start a club called leave me in. Cause that's what those two guys both do. They, when they get their chance, they play so well. And I mean, defensemen don't get a lot of credit. They don't get, they don't show up in the stat sheet often, but you're right, Jonathan, one of the biggest compliments are you're playing defense so well that a team has to adjust to you. And that's what Colorado did. They moved Barrios away from him 
because it was pretty clear that DJ was dialed in on him. He wasn't going to have much. So, uh, yeah, tip of the hat. This is, uh, you know, right now we've had some pretty good right backs rolling through this club, um, going back to Roman Metinair. And now we have maybe, maybe the best, you know, depth at that position with DJ Taylor backing up, uh, Zarek Valentin. I like it. I mean, it's, no complaints there. And, uh, it's nice to know that, uh, if Zarek's out, that, you know, DJ's ready to roll. But yeah, pretty good guy to be sitting on the bench. And you mentioned who I want to talk about too, Hassani Dotson. Get him in that club mm-hmm. of just don't take him out. How about yeah. how about the uh, just the mentality that he brings? He was a man possessed in the midfield. He uh, he won four or five ground duels. He won two of three aerial duels. He he drew a foul. He had a couple interceptions. He had a couple clearances in in the uh, attacking box for for Colorado. Uh, for Colorado. It, it, he I don't know how you don't start him every week when possible. He goes out there he does exactly <laughs> what adrian heath wants him to do and then some he's tracking pretty much everywhere up into the offensive side of things he's tracking back to support uh the back line he was everywhere he's like the uh he's he's looking like a swiss army knife because he can really kind of do everything <laughs> I, I i need to get him back on the score sheet here soon but he really impressed me he get, i know ba, uh bongi kind of stole the show offensively with kind of how he sliced and diced Tapias had the game winner if outside of those two, Hassani Dotson was my man of the match. Yeah, I mean, especially, and that was going to be the last note of the player that we players that we looked at from Saturday night was Hassani Dotson getting his first start, and I believe it was like 339 days after he tore his ACL last year, and the season ended early. Uh, yeah, he had an impressive performance, helping out in that midfield alongside Kervin Ariaga. Will Trap given a given a rest a little bit uh, because of what he's going probably going to be asked to do this upcoming weekend with all the guys missing. But yeah, Hassan Dotson absolutely showed out on Saturday in his first, his first real long stretch of minutes that he's had in about a year since he tore his, since he tore his knee last year. Yeah. The, um, when I talked to him in the pre-match interview on Saturday, he claimed he was at about 95%. So Hey, he's got a little bit to go maybe, but yeah, he is, he is going to pose, um, you know, Adrian Heath with some problems, you know, where are you putting me, put me in, you know, and, and it's not easy because Kervin Ariaga is playing so well. Will Traps, you're one of your team leaders, your captain when he's on the pitch. Um, so I don't know, you know, is, is, <laughs> are there formation changes coming just because of the personnel that are ready to go? I don't think so, but man, you got to almost be tempted sometimes to say, all right, let's make a little change here because I want these three. I mean, isn't it, isn't it your goal to have your best 11 players on the pitch? You know, I mean, it is. And sometimes that's very difficult. And I think if we're not there now, we're headed towards a situation where it's going to be tough to have your best 11 on the pitch. The good thing is that six, seven guys will be gone for a, match and you know people uh there's injuries that pop up and so you know you probably don't have to worry about it too often because of the the weird weird world that is the uh, mls dan dan you mentioned it the uh the six or seven guys missing from the lineup that was a nice transition it's like you've been doing the radio game for a while great transition (laughs) there dan thank you 
Doesn't Thank you very much. At, Thank you very doesn't much. Doesn't even look at the the rundown. I'm just, but he knows. I'm just hungry. I want to. I just, I just, I'm just hungry. I want to get this thing rolling here. I got to eat. <laughs> yes, I, I'm, I'm with you there. Seven guys missing. Seven roster players missing this week because of international duties. Six of them are what you would deem normal starters. Dane St. Clair's gone. Kervin Ariaga's gone. Uh, Robin Lud, Banghu Hukle, Longwane, Michael Boxel, and Kamara Lawrence all gone. All six of those guys starters. Joseph Rosales, a backup who tends to get in a lot, use him for minutes, also gone. <clears throat> and Vancouver will be missing all of two guys to international duty. So Minnesota will have to replace six of their 11 starters on the field for Saturday's game because for some reason we can't decide whether we want to play during international breaks or not in this league. I thought we had this fixed last year where we weren't going to do this anymore. Well, lo and behold, we're doing it again. And Minnesota is going to have to pay the price big time. So Adrian Heath, who's already had to kind of figure out a different way to play without his star player this year and has done it magnificently. Adrian Heath deserves a lot of credit for how this team has played over the first three weeks of the season. I mean, it's it's hard for the the Heath out crowd to be talking right now because Adrian Heath's doing an act, doing a really good job of getting this team to play pretty dang good, uh, solid soccer. And well, his task is really tough this week against the Vancouver side. That's not that good. Hasn't started off the, that well this season, but when you're missing the likes of boxy of Robin Lud of Bongi, who's coming to be one of the most important attacking players on the team, you're missing your starting goalkeeper, man, what, what are we doing in this? Like that we keep doing this, that we keep making these questionable decisions that should be very easy to make. Oh, there's going to be seven guys, six, six starters missing from a team. Yeah. We'll delay that game for an, to a different time in the season when they're going to have everybody. So it's a fair match. This isn't a fair match on Saturday. This is ridiculous. I'm sorry. This is just ridiculous that this is even happening at all. This game should be postponed for later in the season when both teams have all their players, uh, all their international players available and ready. Yes. Injuries happen. So that may come into it later on in the season, but this is ridiculous. That well, we're even allowing this to happen in, in defense. In defense of the MLS, I mean, who knew this, these international matches were going to pop up out of nowhere? And, yeah, I mean, uh, it's not like the FIFA so, international schedule is printed out three years in advance. Yeah, yeah. so um, you'd think, um, and I guess I guess that's a, a compliment, and we should be proud that we have this many guys being called up, a lot more than Vancouver. So what, what should be a compliment turns into a handicap, which isn't fair. Um, I, I'd be curious. I, I can't imagine there are any teams. There may be teams with six, seven guys gone, but are there any other teams that would have six guys that you would consider guys you'd expect to start on that particular Saturday? That's a lot. And, you know, it, it just, I don't see how, why it's so difficult to schedule bye weeks and things like that around, around the, I mean, it's, I get it. They're trying to get a, 37 match schedule in you don't want the season to run into uh you know december if it doesn't have to and and so they're trying to keep things on schedule very difficult but i think most teams would rather double up once in a while and play some wednesday matches rather than play extremely shorthanded i don't know yeah um i have a quote here from adrian heath regarding playing during the window he says i think as the league grows the quality of player that we're bringing in starts to get better and with the money that we're spending now maybe we have to look at what everybody else in the world does and then he says obviously when we uh, when people pay the money you want to put the best product out on the field that you can 
And we know, unfortunately, this weekend, sure. that's not going to be the case. So I don't know if you guys have seen the old Key and Peele sketch of the, like, President Obama interpreter, uh, interpreter of, like, what he's actually saying. So I'll, I'll do that, <laughs> that bit really quick. Oh, what the hell oh, are we doing? What are we doing here? That doesn't make any yeah. sense. It, 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 why, why are you handicapping MNUFC? The, it, it doesn't make any sense that you're punishing a team for having good players. That's essentially yeah. what you're doing here. Yep. You're saying, hey, I know that you, got, you have sick – half of the lineup is crucial to a lot of these international squads, so they're going to go off. Hey, just make do. You, you, we're going to tie a hand, uh, a hand behind your back this week. And I'm not – you know, it, it, this is going to maybe sound mean and disrespectful, but if there was a team to maybe do it against Vancouver might be the, <laughs> the team to have this. There it is. There that, that sounds mean. And so I'm going to be public enemy number one in Vancouver going into the sat in the Saturday. So I understand. Um, it, but it's just, you know, it, there's other teams that I, I prefer this to not happen against. So Vancouver, I think is fine. You know, I'd, I don't want this to happen against, against LAFC or Seattle or even Dallas. And right now I'll say it's St. Louis city. I wouldn't want it to happen. So uh, Vancouver, you know, they've scored, they've scored four goals allowed six this year. Uh, they ha- they've yet to win a match. So it's not like this is a offensive juggernaut of a team or a defensive juggernaut of a team for that matter. This is one of the weekends where I'll say, you know, if it's going to happen, Sure, but it's still ridiculous that they're just saying, hey, Minnesota, you just have to go out there and play and good luck the best you can because this is going to be one of those things coming down to the final five, four, three matches of the season. Loons might need a point here or there, and you're going to look back to uh, to game week game week four, and hmm, remember when they didn't have 50% of their lineup and they were only able to manage one point or they, they lose at home against Vancouver? You got to wonder if some of those guys that they missed could have uh, benefited and swung things the other way. So, um, yeah, really, really stupid that this match is even happening. I know they just had a bye week, but at the same time, you have to work. You have to cater to the teams. Fans are going to be paying money to go out there, especially in the Minnesota early spring. Now you're missing a lot of the better players. Like what? It's it's. I yeah, I find your, it a, you're a hurting tad your ridiculous. product. You're hurting your product. You're you're not showing enough. Uh, I don't know what the word is. You're not giving your fans the full product that they are paying for with this. So unless you're cutting ticket prices by 50%, which we know they're not, <laughs> it's never going to happen. I mean, that'd what? be stupid. Why are we even playing this game? This is the most ridiculous thing ever that, the, that this is happening at all. It's just, it's absurd. It shouldn't be happening. This is a joke that this is happening. Uh, I don't know any other way to say it, but it's, it's just ridiculous that they will be playing. And Minnesota and I will be playing without six of their 11 starters because the league can't find a random Wednesday to play their game, play this game in later on in the season. When what well, check schedule, there's plenty of Wednesdays available. We could have done this later in the season. This didn't need there's to happen a, now. This is there's just, a, there's a Wednesday every week. I think. Yeah. Generally. Yeah. I think that's how <laughs> most that's how this calendar anyway. works. <laughs> yeah. Just I'm fed up with some of this, the stupid scheduling that this, that this league does and, Scheduling during international breaks is just asinine at this point. There's no reason for it to continue happening, especially as as you guys said, they're going to bring in better players. They're going to bring in higher, a uh, higher quality class of player, and those guys are most likely going to be called up for their national teams. Are we really going to keep asking fans to pay full price when they're not even getting 
the full complement of the roster when it should be available to them because they're not out injured. They're out playing for a different, they're out playing for their national team. That's ridiculous. This is just, this is stupid. All right. Back on to more exciting, more happier tone <laughs> things. That's our, our look at Minnesota United. Let's uh look across the league. And I want to start where AJ said earlier, Tiago Almada. Oh my God. Take a bow, son. Was, 21 years old and puts in quite a, a goal. World class free kick from what, like 33 yards out and bends the hell out of that ball. That was, that's easily the goal of the week. Most likely the goal of the season, because there's no way that any keeper in the world is ever going to stop that. That was such an impressive goal from that young man that I, there's no other words for it. That was, that was bleeping impressive. Yeah. That was, if like the goaltender knew where he was shooting, could he have stopped it? No. If he no. knew where he was going, I don't think so. No. I don't think there was any way to stop it. That was fun. I, I want more of that. I want more of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I said, that was, that's like a video game shot right there. That far out with that much bend, they had the, uh, Apple had the perfect uh, t- camera angle of like just yeah. behind him. So you could see it in, like the trajectory perfectly, just so good. So well struck and so, so much finesse and skill. <laughs> like it's, it's hard to find a lot of guys, not just in the MLS, but kind of around the world. There's a, there's a handful of guys who could put that ball down right there and replicate that shot. So uh, I think, I think they should have uh, checked the ball. I think there was like a, a, a weight. Oh, yeah. There was like <laughs> wheel weights on one side of the ball. They should have checked the ball. That, that wasn't natural. Real question. <laughs> could that have been done with the orange ball? Could it have been done with the orange ball? I'm not sure. I mean, there <laughs> would be elements so. because of the orange ball. So I don't no, know. That, that, right. that orange dye, that orange dye changes everything. Yeah. I think uh, that ball was, was rigged. <laughs> which one's more of a disappointment uh, this last week? Austin with a full complement of players losing to, I believe, a Haitian side that couldn't get seven players into the country because they couldn't get visas <laughs> in time. And so they had to sign players off the street to help them fill out a full roster. And yet they still can't come back from a three nil deficit. And this is a team with that finished second in the Western conference or is it the fact that the game of the weekend turned out to be the dud of the weekend? <laughs> What's more disappointing? Yeah. Uh, well, I, probably Austin, just because of how yeah. good they were last year. And obviously they didn't care. <laughs> so so they lost. But, yeah, I'd say it was Austin. I, did, I, I saw that and I went, really? You didn't? You didn't? So... I don't know, but I, you got to remember, I, uh, would, I picked Austin to, to plummet to the bottom of the standings for a whole season and I was wrong. So uh, don't ask me anything about Austin. I, I obviously don't get it. So, yeah, no, that the, the, I'd all agree with Dan. It's probably the Austin for me. Um, I didn't like try to go out of my way and watch that just because I assumed they're going to take care of business. I checked who scored, uh, later and I saw the match. I thought I saw the final and I was like, there's, uh, that's a mistake. There's no way. So I looked, on, <laughs> I, I looked somewhere else and I was like, Oh my goodness. They actually lost. How? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah I mean, that's, yeah. that's a huge letdown, especially if you're an Austin fan, you know, you expect to probably waltz into the next round and Nope. <laughs> you're getting shut out. Oh God. Just terrible. Yeah, it was very disappointing. The team that's not disappointing is St. Louis City, as you mentioned, uh, undefeated. They're the first MLS side to win their first four games, and they continue to be one hell of a story. I mean, you have the fact that many projected them to be one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in the league, and now they sit here atop the league, 12 points from, from four games. 
undefeated, and they looked impressive doing it this last weekend against San Jose. Now, take it for what it's worth. It is San Jose. They still are the earthquakes. They're still not that great. But then you also have the fact that that city has absolutely gotten behind them. From reports I saw during the match, that stadium can fit, like, what, 20, 22,000 people? But there was 60,000 people in downtown St. Louis just there for basically St. Louis City outside the stadium, just around the stadium hanging out because they're all in on this team that even though it's four games old, no one really knows many of the players yet because it's such a brand new team, but they're all behind them. That is as impressive of a pick or a fan base pickup as you can get because 60,000 fans in the heart of St. Louis cheering on a team that they barely know anything about. And that team is responding with a three nil win for their fourth straight win to start their, their franchise. Well done, St. Louis. You can't get any better than that. It seems to me that the MLS may have screwed up and not getting a team in St. Louis sooner. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, it's 2020. I get that. But it seems pretty obvious now that there should have been a team there a long time ago. You know, I keep putting it off, but eventually I'm going to have to go and pull up and watch one of their matches to see why they're so good because I have no idea. I can't name a player. So <laughs> I guess that's my homework for the week. I'm going to have to watch. I think I kept thinking, well, now nah, I'm not going to waste time. They're going to eventually come back down to earth and they're going to lose a couple. So I guess I got to start paying attention to, uh, to St. Louis. So. I was kind of telling Jonathan this uh, in a text conversation the other day, but there's no one I envy more right now than the Twitter admin ad- administrator for the St. Louis city FC, because they have full free range to just talk as much crap as possible until yep. they lose. It's, it's, it's gotta be the best feeling in the world. They're in heaven. They're like, you know, they probably <laughs> expect that. Okay. We have, we have a, the playbook of like, okay, we lost final score to zero, whatever they've won every single game. They, the, the fan base has been great. They're, they've had some highlight reel stuff to kind of like make jokes about. And for them, sporting Kansas city has been terrible to start the season. So they are just on top of the world. I yeah. envy them. They wake up with the biggest smile on their face. I'm sure. Yeah. Their biggest rival rival is just garbage this season, at least to start it off that way. And meanwhile, they're flying high and just not looking back. It's, it's gotta be a fun time to be a St. Louis city fan. The loons will head there in uh, not this weekend but the following weekend so we'll see how that goes uh hopefully they're still not undefeated by then because you don't want the loons to be the bad guys and have to break that but also (laughs) i do it has to happen at some point come on it's gotta happen at some point (laughs) i do let's go let's go in there yep i want that well (laughs) let's go right into the predictor this week dan explain away sir the predictor, we picked three games, one being the upcoming Minnesota United match. It's against Vancouver, of course, this Saturday at Allianz Field. Predict the winners, predict the scores. You get a point if you predict the win or the tie correctly, uh, and an extra bonus point if you get the store score exactly correct. That never happens, but it's there just in case. So who's up? Uh, we will start with the accountability session this week. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, going back so over our results going. from last week. Uh, boys, uh, I'll start off with me. I'll go just left to right as I normally do uh, on this spreadsheet. Uh, I got one right, and it was the Minnesota match. We all predicted Minnesota would win. We all predicted it would be a shutout. We all predicted one, two, three, zero. One of those three for each of us. Uh, well, it wasn't zero, obviously. They scored. Colorado did. So we each got a point for that. Uh, that was the only point I got. Dan, that was the only point you got. AJ is the only one who got two points this last week. What? When he predicted a 2 nil win for St. Louis City. I mean, it wasn't 2-0. It was 3-0. So 
They outdid you, AJ. Sorry, buddy. I I keep I keep knocking them down. Next next time around, I'm gonna say they're gonna win like five nil. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Yeah, right. well, jo- Jonathan did that. Jonathan did that last year. It didn't work out so well. <laughs> I'm still doing it with Philadelphia, and it's not working out. All right, so let's take a look. At <sighs> Why the is this so hard? I don't know. Let's take a look at this. Oh boys, I may have just made an executive decision here. Pulling up the schedule. Mm-hmm. Swear to God, I just pulled this up. We have U.S. Open Cup action. The opening round of U.S. Open Cup tonight. Tonight, as we record Tuesday night. West Something called Westchester versus something called Ocean City. I'm making an executive decision. You... We have to pick this game. We're picking <laughs> oh, U.S. Come Open on. Cup. We're picking the opening match of the U.S. Open Cup. Oh, I know nothing about these Do I have time games. to use Google? No. Do I have no. time to use Google? Nope, because uh, I'm up first. Dan, you're second. AJ, you're third. I'm going... Fine. Who cares? Three, two, Ocean City. Let's go. Dan? What was the other team? You got Westchester versus something called Ocean City. Go ahead. Westchester, and their defense is tough. Um, <laughs> and they've struggled to score goals, too. So I'm going to go Westchester, one, Ocean City, nil. All right. AJ? Yeah, <laughs> this is tough. Um, you know, you just have two very tough teams that, you know, they, they're they're very gritty. <laughs> the, the style of play kind of matches up. You're going to see a great tug of war here. Um, I'm going to go strictly off badge. Yeah, that's kind of what I went. Look like. I think that mixed with the name. I'm going Ocean City. Those boys are going to be tanner than heck. They're going to walk into Westchester and just take care of business. Um, I don't see a way. I, I, I don't, I don't see a way that Ocean City loses this game. Personally, um, he says they're I'm, tanner than heck. I think they're they're from New Jersey because they're called the Ocean City Nor'easters. Oh wait 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 <laughs> no 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 that's great that's great. So you're telling me that the, I'm I'm picking the Jersey Shore to walk yes. into Westchester and take care of business without yep. a doubt. Um, it's the Westchester get... Predators versus the Ocean City Nor'easters. Oh, the Ocean City Nor'easters are going to make easy work of Westchester. <laughs> um, I mean they've got Pauly D running the bus. Pauly um, D, don't touch my hair. I, I think Snooky's their center forward, so I think it's probably going to work out great. I've got Ocean City 2, Westchester nil. Wow. Well, that was fun. Yep. I'm going to do that more often. I'm just going to pick a random game and not tell anybody. All right. Fine. Executive decision. So, so now right. we're, are we doing two more? Or are we doing like three? No, just two still, more. Just, just okay, two more. Perfect. Perfect. Yep. All right. So I'll go Minnesota versus Vancouver. I'll get that pick out of the way this week. Boys, I'm going to say – because balloons will be missing so many players, one one. It's oh, it's so hard on, to pick this man. match because they'll be missing so many players, and I feel like I just picked your two scores. So you did. You ahead, picked man. my score. You know. <laughs> oh, we. You know, that was the obvious pick. Yeah. So I've got to go one way or the other. I could pick a. I could pick a draw with a different score. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, Minnesota and Vancouver will draw two two. Ooh. Ooh, this is the two to you. This is gonna be tough. This is gonna be tough. Because I I did have one one, but now just for the fact that you both are picking a draw, I feel like I want to I think I want to change and make it a two-point swing in my favor for for moving forward. I'm gonna say oh, they're missing so many people up front, they're gonna have to lock things down defensively. I think Vancouver can still struggle a little bit offensively coming into Allianz Field. I've got, I've got one zero Minnesota United 
gets all three points. They battle through the elements. Um, and Cameron Clint Dunbar Irwin comes up huge. Cameron Dunbar is going to come up big. Clint, Clint Irwin's going to come up huge as the Minnesota goalkeeper this week, his debut. Yes. Wow. Absolutely. All right. I wow. like it. All right. Final right. game of the week. I'm going inner Miami against Chicago because I like picking on <sighs> Chicago despite them burning me last week <laughs> in a wild 3 3 draw against FC mm. Cincinnati at a nearly empty Soldier Field because Chicago can't draw any fans for some reason, uh, despite being in the heart of downtown now. Uh, I'm going. This one's down in Miami. They're still getting ready for my, for for Lionel Messi to come to town in a couple months' time. I'm going with a two nil win over Chicago as my final pick of the week. Dan, I also have a two nil score for my final pick. LAFC two, Dallas nil. All right, I like it. All right. Um, uh, my last one here is going to be, I think we just, we just ragged on Austin for losing to that Haitian side, but I think they're going to bounce back in a big way this weekend. I believe they're hosting Colorado and I think they're going to take out all their frustration on them. I've got Austin three, Colorado nil. Ooh. Wow. That's a Austin side that everywhere. just got beat. That just got beat two nil by Houston. You get a clean sheet. You get a clean sheet. Alrighty. All right. That was the predictor. Our first prediction related segment that usually ends the shows. Now time for write that down. Our other soccer related prediction segment. We don't necessarily have to pick goal lines and goal scores for this segment, though you can, if you want to. So for this, we make three soccer related predictions. One of them has to be Minnesota United related. Uh, We'll keep track of the correct predictions. We'll call them goals. And the person with the most goals at the end of the season wins the fake in imaginary golden (laughs) boot. That has not been passed out yet this uh, over the past two seasons. So let's get an accountability session again, going left to right on the spreadsheet. I only had one come off the board this last week. It was a wrong prediction. I said Bongi and Franco score or assist on a goal against Colorado. Well, I got a Franco assist, but no Bongi goal. So goal or assist. So close, but no cigar on that one. Dan, you had two correct predictions last week. You said Luis Amarillo will play at least 10 minutes against Colorado. Almost a bunt single at that point, but Hey, we'll give it to you. you what? What? That's almost a bunt single. Come on. <laughs> Don't be fooling us. He then wasn't even in the... He, uh, well, all right, fine. Then you said, after this weekend, there will still be at least three winless teams. And lo and behold, all five winless teams heading into the weekend remained winless. So you get the point there. Congratulations. Yes. Uh, AJ, you had one come off the board. It was also in the negative column. You said Dane St. Clair will record a clean sheet while also saving three or less shots. Well, he didn't get the clean sheet, unfortunately, because uh, Cole Bassett scored a pretty good goal from yeah. the opposite yeah. side of the box, finding basically the only position that Dane couldn't get to. Uh, so good job, Cole Bassett. You got the call. You got the Rapids on the board, but you gave AJ a zero pointer week. And then the listeners had their prediction come off the board. I don't remember who said it, but they said Reynoso will return after two regular season games. Well, two games have passed. Now three games have passed, and Reynoso. Is still MIA, unfortunately, for I believe that was loyal listener Connor, who has not reached out to me since then. So I think he knows that he messed up. Connor feels shame. He'll come back for another pick. And maybe, (laughs) maybe the listeners can finally, after three years, get on the board uh, eventually. We'll see, though. (laughs) It's not looking good. Uh, Somebody somebody needs to just reach out with, like, a tap-in. Like, just right on the line. Yeah, our first ever listener prediction was from my buddy, John. He said the Loons will be the first MLS team to win CONCACAF Champions League. Well, thank you, Seattle, once again, for ruining that. So (laughs) plenty of listener predictions throughout the years, and we just never have had one come correct. So maybe they'll get there eventually. We'll see. Uh, This week, 
Uh, I don't believe I've started write that down this year, so I will start. And I will start with uh, Minnesota United prediction. Clint Irwin comes up with five saves on Saturday. Come on. Write that down. That That's hoping that Clint Irwin is the starter. They may go with Eric Dick. They may go with uh, Fred Emmings. Who knows? <laughs> but I assume they'll go with Clint Irwin. It makes the most sense. Dan, I'll let you go second here. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I have literally re- what? Tell me, tell me again what your pick was, Jonathan. Clint Irwin will make at least five saves on Saturday. I literally have written down here: Clint Irwin will make five or more saves on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, do you want me to go then? So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go on defense. <laughs> I'm gonna go on defense. And I'm gonna say Clint Irwin will make less than five saves on Saturday. All right, write that All right. down. I don't know what else to do. That's <laughs> that's amazing. Literally. Stupid. All, right, um, all right, my first one is going to be despite all of the uh, players missing, notable players missing for Minnesota United, write this down. They will still have at least one player named to the MLS team of the week or team of the match day, whatever it's called. Ooh, I like it. Ooh, that's bold. I'm a big fan of that one. Uh, write this down. Heading in to the game next weekend, St. Louis will still be undefeated. Write that down. Okay. Not saying they are going to win, but they will not have lost to Real Salt Lake this upcoming so they will, weekend. You're saying they'll win or draw. Okay, good one. Yeah. All right. Uh, Brett Coleman will have at least 10 headers on Saturday. Whoa. I will I count even... them myself. Okay. I'll count them. Don't worry. I'll count them. <laughs> Okay, so the guy in the, making in the, the booth, I will hold up, them. In the booth, I'll be holding <laughs> up my fingers fair. every time until we get to ten. <laughs> this is going to be one where I have to go back and rewatch the match and hope to God that would be good. The camera too. Yeah, on the field like the entire that. time. I like that. All right, AJ. Um. All right. So my next one is also going to be Minnesota United related, and I'm taking a stab here based on some quotes I've seen. I I've seen hints that you're going to see a Cameron Dunbar start this Saturday from Minnesota United. So I'm going to say, write this down. Cameron Dunbar will be involved with at least one goal this Saturday against Vancouver. All right. Wow. Write that down. Wow. Uh, wow. Final prediction of the week. AJ kind of made the prediction last week, but he didn't give a time scale for when it would happen. About. Uh, okay. Antonio no, uh, no, you're going to take my next Antonio one. Antonio no. Conte will be fired by the end <laughs> of the week by Tottenham Hotspur. Write that down. Wow. Because All right. he's ragging on the team to the board. He's lost the locker room. Antonio Conte's gone. The Go defense, AJ. Gone. The board want him gone. The players want him gone. Antonio Conte, by the end of this week, will be fired by Tottenham Hotspur. Define end of the week. Give me an exact time. Uh, Friday night. Friday night, Ooh. Friday Ooh. midnight British time, so six p.m. our time. Perfect, perfect. Write that down, AJ or Dan. Wow. Okay, here we go. Ocean City. Ooh, will not have more than one shot on goal in the first half tonight. <laughs> oh. Write that down. I'm gonna have to find the stats for this game. We're keeping an eye on it. <laughs> That's my punishment for bringing it up. Okay. All right. I see how this is. That's right. You, it's your, you blame yourself. <laughs> AJ, your final pick of the week. 
Um, I'm going to I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of battle you here, Jonathan, because that you you kind of stole mine. My original written down one was that uh, Antonio Conte will be sacked before the next uh, Tottenham Hotspur Premier League game on April 3rd versus Everton. But you have by the end of the week, I'm gonna say that he gets sacked by the club, but it happens after 6 p.m. Central Time on Friday. <laughs> I think he's going to want to give the team as much time as possible to train under the new guy, whoever the new guy may be. Well, the the reason why I think that it could take a couple days is like I see too many reports that they're like trying to figure out whether or not they actually want Ryan Mason to retake over the like as the interim manager for like the third time now in two years um, or if they want to go straight into somebody. So if they they're trying to work out if they actually have a plan or what the deal is. So um who knows? Oh, shocking. Tottenham doesn't have a plan. Wow. Who would have seen that coming? Yeah. Well, you know, we're here. So. <laughs> Sorry to all our Spurs fans out there for that yeah. dig, but had to take it. All right. That's been uh write that down. That also has been loon talk for the week. Jonathan Harrison here for Dan Terra and AJ Fredrickson. You can hear us every week right back here on this channel, uh, talking all things, Minnesota United and major league soccer. You can also hear Dan Terra and myself for every single Minnesota United uh, MLS regular season and postseason broadcast over on 1500 ESPN, 1500 AM ESPN, uh, the Score North mobile app, and live.1500ESPN.com for every one of those matches. And the home matches, you can listen to us on Apple TV. Just go to the bottom right-hand corner. There's a little circle with the three lines in it. Hit that and choose home radio option uh, for the home matches, especially this weekend, although I know people will will want to listen to the hometown boy, Callum Williams, back on the call for Minnesota United. So, I guess we can't feel bad about you not choosing us, but we'll still we'll still be irritated you didn't choose us. We'll still be <laughs> mad at you, and we'll reject you from this club. So good luck with that. We Boys, we'll talk to you uh, on Saturday, and uh, we'll talk to you back here on Monday as well. Yep, see you later. Have a great week. See you, boys.